Blog Talk Radio. everyone. Um, it is Thursday, August 22nd, 2019. This is Talk Nary to Me Radio. I am Megan. I am here with a lovely Kristen. What's up, Kristen? Hello. So excited. Yes, I am very excited about this. So we're on a special night. Usually we do the show on Wednesday, um, but because it's my teacher and we had to change it. It's all my fault. I apologize. Um, it is a burden. All right. So our focus for the show is, of course, we're going to be giving you some updates on television. We're going to be giving you some updates about books. And then we're going to get into the main conversation. And this whole topic came from just me being curious about the human mind. I like to just ask people questions. And I feel like it makes me learn a lot about humans in general. And so the question that I was thinking about is, what is a book or a story that has impacted you the most? and how it, people interpret the word impact and what stories um, really did change something for someone. And so we're going to be looking at that um, towards the second half of the show. So that is the plan. Bye, Bean. Figuring out the human condition and then, of course, television and books. I'm like, you're like, like the- I need to know what people are thinking about. And I'm like, ooh, recommend good books. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Together, we get this show together. Um, yeah. All right, so we're going to do television show of the moment. Um, so, Kristen, why don't you go first? So what is the um, TV show that is okay. capturing your mind right now, both good or bad? Okay, so this one's really good. Um, I have a thing for, like, crime dramas, medical stuff, and I like real-life stuff. Um, so while I do watch things like Grey's Anatomy and such, I do like things like same with crime. I watch crime dramas like Criminal Minds, but I also love Forensic Files and things like Dateline. Um, so I turned on the TV last Friday when I got home, and right at the top of Netflix was it's a diagnosis. And I was like, ooh, what's this? So I opened it. It's a brand new show launched last Friday, um, and it's a show with the New York Times that I guess they sponsored it because it's based on – a column in their paper every week by a Dr. Lisa, I forget her name, Lisa Meadows, I think, something like that. Right. And uh, she writes an article every week in the New York Times about a patient of hers or one that she knows of who had a weird, weird problem and it took a long time and they diagnosed it and now the person's better and she's gotten their permission to write about them. And apparently people really like this article. And then, but she always had this idea that if, she can write about in the New York Times and all these people will message her and tweet her about how, oh, they read it and that's fascinating and they found out they had the same thing or they had something very similar. She thought, why 
when people can't find a diagnosis, why can't we use crowdsourcing to help them find a diagnosis? So this show, each episode is a different person. Sometimes it's two people. There's only seven episodes. I watched the whole thing Friday night, the whole seven episodes, yeah. the seven hours of TV. I didn't go to bed. I just watched the show. And um, that's always a good each sign. Each episode, yeah, she, like, interviews these people from all over the U.S., and um, she finds out about their problems. What She looks through their medical records, and then she writes a story about them in the New York Times. And she tells people, what do you think is wrong with them? And all people send in videos and tweets and emails about what they think these people have, and it gives these people new ideas. And there's doctors, and there's, like, Joe Schmo from the corner store, and there's, like, dollars. And all these people send in these recommendations. And it's fascinating because sometimes they, like, they nail it on the head. And other times, right. it's like, it could be one of these three things is going to take longer than this episode can tell us. But it was so fascinating. And there were crazy things that I was like, how does that person, like, that's a real thing that can happen. Like, there's this little girl that over 300 times a day, she'll, like, be going, 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 and then all of a sudden she just stops. And it's like she's paralyzed. She can't move. You hear her breathing change, and she just kind of, like, crumples to the floor for, like, 30 seconds. And then she gets back up, and she's moving again. And nobody seems to know what's wrong with her. That's crazy. So, it, yeah, it's just, it was the most fascinating thing. I, I couldn't stop watching. I, like, watched, like, three episodes, and my friend was there, and I was like, you have to watch this. So I made him watch, like, three episodes, and he was like, why? Why would you make me watch this? Now I want to see them all. And I'm like, well, you're going to have to watch them on your own because I'm going to bed, but I'm going to watch this in bed. <laughs> so I did. I watched all seven episodes. It was fascinating. That sounds really interesting and really fascinating. I'm going to have to put that on my Netflix queue because yeah. that just, it is cool I because need to know what's going on with that girl. Yeah. I mean, we, we, oh, it was really good. Um, the first episode had me hooked. It was such a good case. But um, I just, I think, it, like, it's a cool idea that crowdsourcing, I mean, we use it for everything else. If you want to spread news, tweet it out. It's yeah. going to catch wildfire, make a video, post it on YouTube. So why not use it for things like this that could potentially help people? That sounds super cool. Well, mine is yeah. definitely not as petty <laughs> or no, as, inter- as interesting. <laughs> um, and I, I, I've really debated putting this on because I, was, because I don't even know if I like it or not, but I can't stop watching it. So oh, I hate anyway, it is. It's four weddings and a funeral, and it's a, that's a great Hugh Grant movie um, that they turn into a Hulu series, and they're releasing an episode a week on Hulu. And I started watching it being like, oh, this is stupid. But I keep watching it. So, like, obviously I'm enjoying something. I'm not sure what it is. But basically it's taking the idea of four weddings at, and a funeral and putting it into a more modern-day context um, with not such of that, like, um, uppity English classism as much as the movie is. And the characters are very much self-sabotaging, and it is melodramatic at times. But I, I, I keep tuning in. I don't I, – I'm there's a little self-loathing on my part about this, but <laughs> if you're interested <laughs> in checking this out – it is entertaining. If you're looking for something mind-blowing in terms of, like, quality or, like, storytelling, it probably is not the best thing. 
But if you just want some mindless entertainment, it's probably what you need in your life. Just putting that out have there. You, <laughs> have you ever seen the show on Netflix called Shit's Creek? I have not, no. Oh, my God. It, it's exactly like that. The when you were describing it, I was like, oh, my God, it's Shit's Creek. Like, it's, I can't stop watching. But it's fascinatingly like, humorous. But my brain cells are dying as I watch it. But it's so, like, if I'm, like, kind of down, I'll put an episode on, and I am laughing. And my best friend will come, and he'll be like, why, why do you find this so funny? And I'm like, it's just the most, they're just the most ridiculous people. I cannot even, like, I feel like I want to hang out with them because I would literally all the time be like, you're, you're, you're so stupid. I can't handle you. But I wouldn't want to hang out with these people. This is what's so weird about this. I, I, I you don't want like to hang anyone, out in a but sense I still want to like sit back with your. You want to sit back with your popcorn and watch them. <laughs> know the things yeah. that they don't know and judge them harshly is basically what that is. Yes. So there you yeah. go. If you want I know something the that seems to be thought provoking in quality, watch. Kristen's TV show. <laughs> watch Diagnosis. If you want something mindless and dumb, watch Megan's show. <laughs> exactly. Need some balance. You have to have a balance in life. In life. Yeah. <laughs> you do. I think it's because I've been thinking yeah. a lot lately. So I, I'm escaping the world of four weddings and a funeral. All right. Sometimes so now we're going to get into Meg. Now we're going to get into um, some book updates, the New York bestsellers. Yeah. So what's going on in fiction, Kristen? Fiction, my favorite, because reality sucks. Um, So currently top five, we had a bit of a shakeup this week. Um, I was quite intrigued. Uh, So where the crawdads sing jumped back to number one, and I think it was number three last week, so jump right back up there. I'm not sure what the – that spurt was from, but I'm not upset about it because that book's great. Um, number two is a brand new book by James Patterson and Candace Fox called The Inn. Um, and I read the, the description, and it's, it sounds like a typical James Patterson book. It's like a mystery, but it's kind mm-hmm. of, it's, I don't know, it's not as copy feeling. Like, it's not as, like, investigation it's like a, it's crime a as... Crime. So what, whoever, I've never heard of Candace Fox, but whoever she is um, definitely had a say in this book because it's a little bit off from what James Patterson usually does. It's um, true. Like, you usually just more organized, bigger kind of thing. So this just sounds like someone, like, like the end just sounds like a cottage mystery story. And that's exactly what it is. It's about a cottage. <laughs> it's about an inn. <laughs> a small inn. So, um, <laughs> Number three is Outfox by Sandra Brown. I actually mentioned this book last week because it was one of my um, keep an eye out new releases. Um, so mm-hmm. that's a Sandra Brown um, typical murder mystery type of sounding book, but Sandra Brown's fantastic. So I don't, it's not a surprise she's on the top. Uh, number four is A Dangerous Man by Robert, I think it's Crace. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. This book sounds like. Um, how do I describe it? It sounds very, I don't know, it sounds like it wants to be a murder mystery, but it's not really something I would normally read based on the description that I read online, which you can check out, of course, on the New York Times website, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, whatever. Um, but it sounds, it's, it's interesting. It's different. 
And then The Turn of the Key by Ruth Ware. This book sounds fascinating. I'm super excited to read it um, whenever I have a free moment because I have like six books on hold right now. Um, so this one is, again, this must be like a mystery thriller suspense week because that's where it falls. And that's the top five. But four out of five of those are brand new to the list of the top five this week. That that rarely happens, so it's a good week for fiction books. Some good turnaround. All right. In the world of nonfiction, um, the first, uh, the number one on the bestsellers, uh, New York bestsellers, is still the same. It's The Educated, um, book by uh, Tara Westover. So no movement there. Um, but there is one book uh, that is new that ended up getting number two on the list. And it's a series of, of essays by Gia Tolentino. Um, and it's in the book, it's called Trick Mirror. And basically, it's a it's a book that has essays that are chronicling the issues of capitalism, online engagement, and also bringing the author's personal history into the mix as well. So if you're a huge fan of essays or social critique um, or society uh, societal criticism, this is probably a good intellectual book for you to check out. That's the only new one um, on the top five. Then number three is Michelle Obama's Becoming. Um, and then this uh, number four is Three Women by Lisa Tadio, which was, I think, number two uh, last, from last week. Um, and number five is The Pioneers by David McCullough, which is also the same. So not too much, not too many books moving around in the nonfiction. Um, but the one thing that's new is the series of essay by uh, Gia Tolentino. So if you're into that, go check it out. Well, if you're into that, sounds like we're talking about something kinky. Sorry, we're talking about nonfiction, so how kinky can we get? If you're into anti-capitalism and long walks on the beach, <laughs> Trick Mirror is for you. Yes, yes. All right, so that's our book list. Uh, so now let's talk about some new books. Because last week, I talk, or two weeks ago, I talked about new books, and now they're on our best-selling book list. So that's awesome. It's all, it, it was all because yeah. of you. It is all because of me. So there's they, they quite a few books coming out in the next two weeks, um, but the two that stood out to me the most are both out this week. So they just came out Tuesday. Um, the first one's called The Last Post by Renee Carlino. This is kind of interesting because it's about a woman who loses her husband super suddenly, and mm-hmm. she kind of goes into denial, and so she starts this Facebook page where she starts talking about all the things she wants to do with him, but he's dead. So that's weird. And this guy um, that is going through something in his life finds the page and decides he wants to show her that she doesn't need to live through Facebook and she can still live her best life, even though her husband is dead. So I don't know exactly where it falls because I didn't look to see what category it was. But it kind of sounds yeah. like it's going to be like a romance, maybe just like a women's fiction. But it sounds super interesting, um, something I haven't read before. I, I don't think I can say, right. name another story that has that same storyline. So um, kind of intrigued. And then this one I actually picked because it kind of made me think of you, Megan. Um, it's called Silent Night by Geraldine Hogan. It came out Tuesday. And it takes place in the Irish countryside, which I don't know why, but I was like, Megan would read it. <laughs> 
just because it's not it's here. True, I would. Anything anything yeah. Irish or Scottish I tend to be all for. Or British. Like and it's a murder mystery. So maybe not your favorite murder? type of book, but but like it's like murder mystery suspense thriller. They're all in the same category. So it's like mystery suspense thriller. So it could fall into any of one of those categories. But that's Do you think that the, the reason so I just thought of something. And I might be onto something brilliant or I'm just paranoid. Oh god. <laughs> Do you think this the reason why there's so many murder mystery books is because October's around the corner? <laughs> it could be. But it's not like we're not I'm talking like Halloween mister murder mystery. It's like someone murdered their great grandpa Joe in the Irish countryside and now there's a detective trying to figure out why. <laughs> I'm just saying that when you think like in terms of season, when you think of murder and mystery, I'm not thinking of July. That's true. You think about like Halloween and you think about fall and winter. Like for some reason that just seems like the more murderous time of the year. <laughs> people get tired of being stuck in the house and they just go on a killing spree. It's a cabin fever. I think it really is that. Or you know that you're going to be hanging out with your relatives more often. Back to you. That would make me go off, but that's cool. <laughs> but those are my two book recommendations this week. Um, both sound good. And we're going to read Irish Countryside, Silent Night. That even sounds creepy. It sounds like Christmas. It does. I'm telling you. Falls upon us. <laughs> Which means the bird, the bodies need to fall. That's the true reason the season is named Fall. It's not the leaves. It's the murders. Okay, then. All right, so those are my <laughs> new release recommendations. Get Megan off her conspiracy theory over here. Um, so next is my book recommendation for the week. So normally, it seems like since we started this, that I recommend whatever I'm currently reading because it's so good. I've recommended two of my, my book clubs, uh, just one more chapter. Uh, their book, but it was just because they were so good and like fresh in my mind. So this week I was like, I'm yeah. still reading the same book club book, and I just finished another book that I enjoyed, but I wouldn't call it like, oh my god, everyone needs to go out and buy it. So I was trying to think, and I fell back to one of my favorite books. Like if I would list top ten books I've ever read, this book would fall into that top ten easily. Um, it's called Imaginary Things by Andrea Locken. And I don't know why I loved it so much because it kind of has like a fantasy aspect to it, but it was very realistically done. It's about this mom, this single mom, she ran away from uh, an abusive relationship and she has her son and she moves back in with like her family, I think her grandmother or something. And yeah. her son starts, he has imaginary friends like most kids, but his imaginary friends, she can see. So nobody else can see, but she can see them. So, like, she'll be in the car on the way to school, and his imaginary friends are sitting in the back seat. The big problem is they're not people. They're, like, dinosaurs. So she, like, sees them, and, like, first time she sees them, she about, like, pees herself because there's, like, a T-Rex walking through her yard. So it's, it's fascinating that she's seeing these, and she's trying to decide what, you know, why he has these crazy imaginary friends where other kids are like, my friend Joe here, and there's nobody there. Um, but that's part of it, and there's a lot going on in her life with her ex trying to come back in, and like her the son not wanting to be around his dad, and and it turns out it's kind of like up your alley because it it all ends up being like a psychosomatic like 
you know, therapy needed type of thing. Um, <laughs> gotcha. But the, I don't know. It's just, Something it for me to like so unrealistic. On. Yeah, but it seems so mm-hmm. unrealistic. But the way she wrote it, it was just so good. I read, I finished the book and I was like, man, that book was really, really well done. And I don't do like fantasy. I don't like fake stuff. And just the thought of seeing your kid's imaginary friends is kind of creaky, honestly. But it was just really well did, done. Did, and it was did, funny. Like, what? Did you have an imaginary friend? I don't remember. I have to ask my parents. I, I still I have remember. an imaginary friend. <laughs> it's, a ca- it's a camera person. And whenever someone says something dumb, I look at them and I go, really? Did that just happen? <laughs> <laughs> like dead pan to the camera. Yeah, but it's I just I just like how they did it be in this book because like she, like she'd be in the car and she looks in her rearview mirror and there's like a giant mm-hmm. T Rex face looking at back at her and she like screams and like swerves the car. It's just it was kind of humorous in a sense. Um, while she's like I don't under I tell people I'm seeing my my son's imaginary friends because they're gonna lock me up and take them away. Yeah, but it was just really. Well, rough. it does sound really I, I just really liked it. It is. So that was there's my so book. Many books. A little time. I know. I know. Never read them all. Sad face. But yeah, um, my list is growing because of you. This is true. I know. I'm gonna just start. You're gonna read more fiction now that you talk to me every week about books and movies <laughs> and such. Probably true. But uh. With that said, my last thing before we get to our super awesome topic, I'm so excited for. Um, just a reminder, just one more chapter is a book club I run with Liz over at nerdprobs.com, um, which is like our sister site going on. Um, we're currently reading A Fire Sparkling by Julianne McLean, which is a historical fiction book about Nazi Germany. Um, it's really, really good. Like that book will also be on my top 10 books of all time favorite. That's how wow. good it was. Um, that is yeah. a, a bold statement. I know. I, we, two of the books we've read, I would easily put on my top ten. Um, and that's really awesome. It seems I think we started in April. Um, so, and yeah, it, super awesome. Love it. And it looks like, so if you you missed the boat for the August book, it looks like you just put a poll in the book club about what you might be reading in September. We start about this time of month. Um, we start to come full with the genre. So right now we let everyone pick, um, and because we're doing historical fiction for August, we will not allow historical fiction to be the September book. So it kind of gets people out of their comfort zones. So far, yeah. we've done mystery, the mystery thriller suspense. We've done um, romance. We've done fantasy, and um, of course historical fiction. So and we've yeah. done YA fiction as well. So I think we've covered all of them except nonfiction. And our book club isn't really we put it up as an option, non-fiction. but that's not where people have leaned so far. Um, I but, I will rig the vote. <laughs> you're like I will yeah. do that. Um, but no, it's really good because but like is, I think one of the books is one that I recommended. The rest are all other people. Yeah. Like one of the books that won were a book that right. I actually recommended. Other than that. So we'll do the genre vote and we'll leave that up for probably four or five days. And then so this is the best um, time to join in. So if you haven't already joined the book club, follow now 
get your vote so you can be ready for the September book and you can be a part of all the discussion things um, that the book Yeah, vote does. for the genre. Vote for the genre because then so, in like four days what we do is we put out a post and we say, hey, okay, this genre one, start recommending books. And people mm-hmm. post different so, books. And then I make a poll with all those books. And usually at least one for each person. Some people will throw out like five books. And I can't put all five of their books in. So, but we'll, it's, there's usually five or six books to choose from, and we put their synopsis up, and then people vote on which one they want to read the most. So it's not just so, us picking books and saying this is what we're reading. So now's the time. So if you haven't already joined, <laughs> go on Facebook, go to Just One More Chapter, <laughs> get your vote in so that you can be part of the book club for the month of September. That's pretty cool. All right. Are you ready? I'm so ready. I'm so excited. I have to say, um, I want to just say thank you uh, to everyone who, because I mean, me and Kristen can talk about like our most impactful books, but it's not going to be interesting to anyone other than me and her. (laughs) I mean, like just like two people talking about their personal life for 30 minutes. That's not a good show. What's a good show is when you get to hear multiple stories and multiple ways in which books touch people or change people's thinking or have some sort of emotional connection so that you can see that reading is a human activity and people do it for different reasons and there's different entry points for everyone. So I want to just say, first of all, thank you to um, people in the book club who um, said their favorite books um, and then the people who responded to our Twitter questions as well as um, to the people who responded to the Facebook posts the reason this show is going to be interesting is because you guys shared your stories. So I just wanted to say from before we get started, thank you so much. Because again, if it was just me and Kristen just talking about all the books that impacted us, it it wouldn't, it wouldn't be happening. What are you talking about? Like we would be great. And everyone else is like, man, they're really into each other. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Why am I letting these two people who I don't know talk about their personal lives so much? Um, so the reason, like I said, at the beginning of the show, the reason why I I wanted to ask this question is because I just think it's really interesting why certain things hit certain people and why people are passionate about certain things. And there's some things I don't even know, like I'm really into things that I can't explain. It's just like, I'm really into them, but trying to examine why I think is part of understanding humans in general. And so I was really interested in stories that really have a huge impact on people, whether it's it's the first book that got them into reading, um, it's a book that got them into thinking about a profession they're going to have, or changes the way they thought about something, or just a book that made them understand themselves a little better. I mean, there's so many ways that you can interpret the word impactful. Um, and when we started collecting information from people, it was very apparent that people took different approaches to this. Um, yes. I, I mean, do want to point this out because I was telling you about it, that when I, when someone says what makes the book impactful, I feel like some responses I saw was like, they, they picked the, and I'm not, it's, I mean, to each his own, if y'all were, impacted by this book <laughs> by all means because some of them like I could not have read that and been like dang this changed my life but I feel like sometimes 
people want to sound more sophisticated than their reading style might let on. And right. that, so they just pick the most, the deepest or like well-known, like thick literature book they can come up with and throw it out. And so <laughs> my favorite again, book is Democracy in America by Tocqueville. <laughs> Good Lord. But I just think that like, it's different. Like I looked at it much different when you asked me, you know, what makes the book impactful. It was a completely different approach than what I feel like some people might've seen based on their responses. Yeah. And I, I do think that some people, I, um, some people do try to make all their favorites seem like they're just super intelligent people who need to to always be thinking. But there, I think that there are some people who they may have picked an intellectual book not because they're trying to be impressive, but because it really did make them think. And that's why I think it's really fascinating to ask this question is because it really depends on where people are, what people are feeling, and when that book comes to them, that I think it really speaks to them in different ways. So both me and Kristen came up with three books that impacted us. Um, and I have different reasons for for these books. I'm not going to share them right now. I'm going to share it because basically what I did is I took everyone's responses and put them in categories. So I'll speak to my, my stories. Um, yeah, because that's what I do. Um, I'll speak to my books <laughs> when I get to those categories, but I picked one because it, it really made me think about the world and it got me into politics. It got me into um, thinking that certain things matter. Um, and my second book I picked because I super related to the character and I was craving that, that kind of character because of um, the situation that I was in. I didn't feel like there were too many characters that I could relate to. And the third one is because there's a deep emotional connection to it, as well as it opened up literally millions of opportunities because I, I've read that. So one is more like emotional connection opportunities. One is I just really like, I felt like this character was me. And then the other one just made me aware that I need to pay attention to things. Otherwise, bad things will happen. So those are kind of my books and the reasons for why I said they were impactful. And I'm curious to know, without knowing your books yet, what were the three motivations for yours? Three motivations. Okay. So one well, I mean, like, because was, you have three books. Yeah. Um, one of them is because it made me really fall in love with reading. Um, just that sink into a different world and, um, escape your own um and it was a fairly mm -hmm. young age when I read um another one was a huge transition point in my life so I feel like I was able to relate to these characters and um I don't know it was just I, I felt like I was relating it was it was something I could mm -hmm. use myself in and it was something I hadn't liked before uh, like I tried it digging it um and then um I actually have four here I just added one while we were talking um but it kind of goes <laughs> hand in hand with the other one um gotcha an another one is um it's a, a series and it I just think it was I don't even know it's it's it, like you said sometimes you just don't know I just feel like like still to this day I I read those books 
and I love them so, so much that I'm just like, it, like, it makes me flashback to my childhood, you know, growing up yeah. and just like, I recommend them to my kid. And I'm like, you've got to read there. There's really no point. It's not some deep literature, literature experience for you. It's just, <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting. It's fun. Um, it made me fall yeah, in love with one of my favorite types of genre, my favorite genre. So, um, so I'm going to start getting into the trends that I saw. So one of the trends that is, of course, stories of, I read it when I was a kid and it captured my imagination. There was a lot of people who recommended books because it captured their, their imagination and it was something that they were super um, into. It's just opened that world, whether it's a love of reading um, or whether it's just, you were able, your mind was this small, and then all of a sudden you read this book, and all of a sudden you had all this, all these things in your head. Um, so it sounds like you do one of your books, um, or I think mm-hmm. maybe a couple of those books of your books fall into this. So I'm gonna read um, some examples from other people, um, and then Kristen will talk about um, the books that fall under this category. Um, so one person yeah. said, as a kid, A Wrinkle in Time, which is a great book. Um, it is the only sci-fi I really liked. I got lost in that book. I still have the copy I read in fifth grade. In it, I wrote that it was the best book I have ever read. That's awesome. You had like you actually wrote notes. Best book ever. Yeah, cool. Eight twenty-one ninety-four. Like <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> um, you, apparently, you were a historian. You didn't even know it. Um, I think it was so meaningful because I was very imaginative and loved imagining what the wrinkles and other worlds look like. And because there are no real reference for me, I could let my imagination go wild. So she picked this book because she was able to just kind of not be literal with her mind anymore. She could be abstract and she can actually see things that didn't exist in her mind before. And she can create it on her own, which I think is really cool that this is a book that opened it up for her. Yeah, definitely. Um, Do you want to read the next one? I guess this this list stresses me out. There's so many books on it. You're so organized. Okay, so can I just pick one? Do I have to go in order? <laughs> okay, so I'm assuming you want me to read the next one. Um, <laughs> Bridge to Terabithia is this what we're talking about right now? Did you ever read that book? I've got to know this before I go into this. I I've only seen the movie. You've only what? I've only seen the movie. Oh, okay. So this says, Bridge to Terabithia was my absolute favorite book growing up. I reread it so many times that my copy was falling apart, and I still cried every time I read it. It taught me about imagination as an escape and about the power of a teacher, specifically a music teacher, to expose people to things that they might not otherwise experience. I can dig that. I can see how and that could be impactful. It's just about widening and and there's people who would have picked that book for a completely different reason but it's because that's what oh, yeah. hit this person at a certain um so the next one i thought was really interesting <laughs> um and she even admits it super odd um she picked Moby Dick. <laughs> she read it in elementary school which i would not have read that book in elementary school nope. um i was it's excited to read that here. many chapters so it was like i did this when I understood the story of determination, it really made me uh, finish the book and understand it. Definitely took a while, 
there was a Hallmark TV movie around that time too. And my dad bought me my own copy so that I didn't have to keep checking it out at the library. So again, it's just like that, this idea of learning the a skill or a value that is super important to this person, this idea of determination that, that you finish something, you do something that's hard and you feel good about yourself because of it. So super cool. All right, next up is Stephen and the Seven Puppies. I've never seen or heard of this book, by the way. Um, but it directs me. I like anything. <laughs> is this, I didn't see this post. Is this a direct copy of what they posted? Yes. Okay, this makes me laugh. So it says Stephen and the Seven Puppies, or it could have been Stevie and the Seven Puppies. It was about a boy named Stevie who found, you guessed it, seven puppies abandoned in a sack by the river. He rescued them and played with them and probably got them all good homes. I picked it out by myself at, I'm not going to give away your location, the library, because it didn't have many <laughs> pictures and I wanted to read a chapter book. I checked it out by myself, put it in my basket, and rode my bike home to read it. Not sure my family was as proud of me as I was, but that was the first time I felt like a grown-up. I was seven. I love that. That's, I don't know why, but I love that. The experience of checking out your first book. I think that that is a oh, great, like, that is, like, she picked it on her own. She, like, that, that's, that's one of my favorite. Out by herself. Yes, I love it. Yeah. Um, so the next one is Summer of a German Soldier um, by Beth Green. Read it in eighth grade and has always stuck with her thinking about finding a copy so she can reread it as an adult. And I think it's always an interesting thing to reread the thing that you loved as a kid and see if it still sticks. Or if you're like, yeah. why did I like that? Um, Green Eggs yeah. and Ham by Dr. Seuss. There was no explanation, but a lot of people use Dr. Seuss as being the first teacher, um, as well as okay. the first people to really to get them into reading as well. All right. Um, this one, I remember this was... Anne of Green Gables, um, the series, mm-hmm. not just one book. Um, it says, Sparked My Imagination and was my go-to in the hardest times of my life. Kind of deep. For sure. And then there's the Nancy Drew doll. Yeah. Oh, love Nancy Drew. Love Nancy Drew. They were the first books they ever reread and wanted to be smart and determined and independent. I wanted to solve mysteries and help others. So the idea of just things capturing your imagination. So you had a book that fell into this category. I think I had two, but yeah, I did. Yeah. So, so what are your... I wasn't... My my first one is actually Say Goodnight, Gracie by Julie Receiver. I... Dever? Receiver? I don't know how to say her name. Um, I got this book from my middle school library. Now, I grew up reading, so I have pictures of me at like six, sitting in a chair with some crackers, reading a book, and... It, I mean, I still do it to this day. I'm going to post this picture because it, seriously, it's, I still do the exact same pose to this day. I'll sit in a chair and kick my feet up sideways. But That's this awesome. book is the first book to remember that I read, and I was just like, oh, my God, that book was so good. And mm-hmm. I just fell in love even more with reading. So I was in middle school to the point where I love this book so much that I'm so sorry, Three Rivers Middle School, I stole your book in middle school, and I still have it. So if you really want it back, I will give it back. But um, I did. I, oh, I it's like it so $300 much. fine. I know. I never turned it back in. So that sucks for me. But no, I never even checked it out. I just kind of walked out of the library with it. So I'm a thief. I'm, a, I'm sorry. 
Um, but it was so good, and I love it. And I and I did the whole like read it as an adult thing, thinking maybe it's not as impactful, but it's still such a good story. And the the phrase right. obviously, um, people know what "Say Goodnight, Gracie's from, but uh, yeah, it's it's just about these kids in Chicago, and they are actors, and they're like teenagers, and they're growing up, and then she goes through a horrific loss. And it's all, it was like the first book that wasn't just like all feel good children's book. Right. It was like deep and you had this, this girl was going through this and she was trying to figure out how to live her life. And it was just really good. And I still love it. And I still have that copy. Right. And then your second one. The Fear Street books by Arnold Stein. And this is the one I have no idea why I feel like it was impactful, but like I devoured every book I could get my hands on from this series to the point where I am now as a grown 33 year old woman collecting yeah. these books. I'm trying to get them all. And there is like 80 of them. Y'all. I don't know if you know, there's, I don't know if there's really 80, but there is a lot of them, but I'm collecting them. And I'll go to like, used bookstores I was back home visiting in my small town and we have this really really great used bookstore and I was there and there was like six of them just sitting there waiting and I just like pushed them off the shelf into my cart and walked away that's so. awesome I love them um, I, have the them. Second, I have a lot of them <laughs> so the second category that I kept seeing in a lot of answers were just it made you think about something in a new way or made you think about um or just opened up your horizons in terms of the world becoming a bigger place for you, not imagination, but just understanding the world and understanding your role in the world. Um, mm -hmm. So the first book is the first person said the dirt gently books by Douglas Adams. Um, and they said that the theme is everything is connected as the whole universe is interwoven into one big story. And it taught her to see seemingly insignificant things in different ways. And it influenced her life decisions. She uses a quote from one of the books a lot, and what the quote is, I may not have gone where I intended to go, but I think I've ended up where I needed to be. And that is such a, like, that is such a great quote because it's totally true. It I is. wanted to be a radio DJ, and I became a teacher, and this is exactly where I <laughs> needed to be. So where life, where life, where you thought life was going to go, there's always these unexpected U-turns, which is cool. Um, the next one is The Little Prince which taught someone the meaning of relationships. And I do remember that book. And it is a really, like, if you really think about that book, it's a pretty deep book for a little kid's book. Um, and then The Fountainhead by Anne Rand. And not because she agreed with the philosophy behind it, but because she disagreed with it. Um, and that she noticed that it influenced her thinking her themes started appearing in her writing, and when she was a senior in high school, it made her realize the power that exposure to new ideas can have. So this idea that even if you disagree, but because you learn about it, it really gets into you and you start thinking about things in a different way, even if you weren't intending it to do so, which is a really like deep thought to have in high school. <laughs> um. Another favorite was The Discovery of David Brin, and this is a series of books exploring different worlds, aliens, sentient animals, um, and it moved this person because it was underlying messages of environmental and social justice, so this idea of caring about the environment and caring about doing something. Um, another person mm -hmm. picked Outlander because of her, I lo her love of history. Um, some people would do it just because Scottish guys are hot. 
or because of love story. Sorry. She focused, (laughs) but this person focuses on that it's the love of history that connects connects them to the story, um, and that one can literally smell the stench of and and kind of put themselves into that time period. Um, Another person picked Beautiful Child by Tori Hayden because it touched the lives of her students by not following the theory or rules of being a transformative educator. Um, and the last one that someone sent out was the kite runner because it shows the impact of bullying and how important it is to stay kind and open to your mistakes. So a lot of really good life lessons are being learned by impactful books. Um, and I have to say, being the cerebral Ravenclaw type that I am, one of my impactful books has to do with making me think. Were you surprised? Um. Was I surprised by, like, how me having a book that play? made me think? No, like me oh, having a book. That that I feel think. like you only read books that make you think. <laughs> this is true. So, uh, one of my impactful books is 1984 by George Orwell. Um, I actually started reading George Orwell as an essayist. I wrote an I, I read an essay of George Orwell, and it got me into reading 1984. But I read that book, hopefully everyone knows, it's a dystopian novel, Um, and I read that book, and it just made me realize that when you don't pay attention, the world can change, and if you don't use your voice, and if you don't ask questions, and you don't stay informed, and you don't get involved, and you don't fight for the things you care about, you're either going to be a bystander as the things that you love slowly disappear, or you could be someone who actually partakes and protects your democracy and make sure that you play, even if you, it's apathetic. And even, even if you're it seems apathetic or it seems like it doesn't go anywhere. It seems like there's no point not being involved is more dangerous than being involved in feeling like you always lose. And so it just opened my, my mind of just, I have to do something. I can't be someone who just, allows things to slowly change and then the democracy that I care about disappears um and so I read that in high school I think it was my sophomore year and that's when I started to really get involved in the politics and reading about things and saying my opinion so it really did open my and I ended up being a political science major so it really got me into like I need to care about things because if I don't care about things who knows what will happen? I'll just wake up one day and we'll ask, how did I get here? <laughs> so, um, so deep. So that's, <laughs> it is. And I was like, man, I don't want this. So I really started to care and pay attention. All right. Um, a couple others. I just want to make sure that I, that we cover all of the things. Uh, another theme that I saw was coping with mental health and giving confidence. Um, to people so one put a beautiful work in progress because it changed the way she viewed her body and made you made her realize that it's a work in progress and things go slowly um so one picked no death no fear um by Nat han um which helped um with grief um and dealing with losing someone which i think we can all relate to um so one picked a pickup artist which i think is hilarious and said that it taught them how to, first of all, flirt and marry his wife, um, and also to do business dealings and become like a salesperson, this idea that you have to sell yourself <laughs> and then be able to, to get better at that. 
Um, and um, so lots of really good things. And also I think someone put, um, yeah, so that, those are the really good explanations for the different books that I think is really cool for that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then some people picked books that either they admired the book or they could relate to. So someone said War and Peace because they read it four times and it was really lifelike, <laughs> which is interesting. I've never, I think I read War and Peace once. I don't, I don't even know if I read anything. Um, the one picked The Hobbit and the Lord of Rings trilogy because um, they could relate to that. Perks of being a wallflower um, because the characters were really relatable. Um, and then Damia by Anne McCarthy, uh, McCaffrey, sorry, because I connected to her loneliness as uh, she was moved around a lot. So, like, the idea of this represents my life. Um, first of all, did you have any books that you picked because you related to them? Um, no, not because I related no? to them. I can't even think okay, of a book so that I, I could say like, oh, I feel like that person is me. But no, I, that's that's a you thing, I think. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so my second book is uh, Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. So I am not a girly girl. And it's not because like, I'm like trying to be counterculture or anything. I just never, I grew up with boys. Um, and so I'm just not a girly girl. And so I found it really hard to relate to both female characters. And I'm still to this day, if I watch a movie or a TV show, I'm more likely to be like, I relate to that guy than the girl character. So this is the first book that I felt like I really like vibe with this character. Um, and the character is Joe, who is a writer and someone who speaks her mind and someone who stands her ground. Um, and someone who doesn't want to necessarily follow the societal rules um, of early American culture um, of what women are expected to do. Um, she wanted to pursue her own dreams and her own adventures. And so just reading that story made me feel good because it was like, okay, it, like this, this one's speaking to my frustrations of people assuming I need to be one way, but I really want to be another way. So um, that's why I picked Little Women. So that's why that one relates to me. Um, right. Another category another category I saw was just books that made them cry or have, like, a visceral reaction. So someone picked the Nicholas mm -hmm. Sparks books yeah, because of all the crying. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, someone picked A Mother's Reckoning, um, which is about living in the aftermath of a tragedy, and it shook them. And this was a really good story. It's called um, More Happy Than Not. And it made this person ugly cry because it's about a boy who is damaged by the reality of his own truth. Um, and, he, and he does the most extreme thing he can to change himself and essentially ends up back to where he started. And it just created something worse. And it just made this person like feel of the idea of not accepting other people has serious consequences and not accepting yourself has major consequences, and I thought that was a really cool um, cool explanation. Um, some people said that they read things because it helped them became a writer as well. Yeah. Um, and then my last one, I think is your last one. Yeah. 
but yes. I think we picked it for a few different reasons. Um, so I picked the Harry Potter series, and I have to ha- confess something. People are going to be really upset with me. Um, when the Harry, when I was growing up, I was just very stubborn, and I didn't like the like the things that other people liked. And so everyone was reading Harry Potter, and I thought it was so. Even though I didn't read it, I was just like, this is dumb. And I would make fun of my friends. Um, but because it was, like, such a popular story, I kept getting it as Christmas gifts. So my aunt bought me the first book, and then my grandma bought me the second one, and then my grandma bought me the third one, and then my and then aunt got me the fourth one, <laughs> and then my grandma got the fifth one. And I didn't read them. And, like, I, they were on my bookshelf, and I was making fun of all my friends. Um, I saw the movies and I thought the movies were cool, but I still didn't want to like read it for some reason. But then, um, something happened towards the end of my high school and my grandma got diagnosed with cancer. Um, and my aunt got diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease and it wasn't good for the cancer because my grandma got it in her brain. And so in Lou Gehrig's disease, there's no cure. There's no going back from that. So I knew that I was going to lose them. Um, And so when I was in, so I looked at my bookshelf and I realized that three of them was given to me by my aunt, two of them by my grandma. And I realized I was running out of time. And so I started reading them. And I'm so glad I did because A, I'm connected to my grandma and my aunt now because that's why I got into Harry Potter. Um, but then as I read it, I got so nerdy about it and so like so into it. Like all the friends that were into Harry Potter were like, man, you are too Harry Potter nerd. Um, <laughs> and like I, like I started forums. I started like podcasts about talking about like political science and Harry Potter. Um, and I bought the, the rest of the books on my own. I went to the midnight release parties. Like I got so into it. Um, but it started out just as like a one last thing that I could do for my grandma and my aunt. And it turned into um, a series that I always go back to. And I always go back to it for different reasons. And I can talk about it day and night. And it's like one of the most obsessive things that I have. Um, so started off as more of like a sentimental reason. Um, and I will always have that even though I don't have them around anymore. Um, but I would say Harry Potter out of all three is probably the most impactful books that I've read for I, multiple reasons. I do have to say for my reason for Harry Potter was I was in a transition stage in my life. I was pregnant with my daughter and I was on bed rest and I was all by myself most of the time and I had nothing to do. And my mom was like, read Harry Potter. And I was like, God, no, like I was the same way. I did not want, did not want to read or watch these movies or read the books or anything and I was so bored though so I was like all right fine my mom had all them all so she brought me book one she's like you read the book I'll let you watch the movie because I was like let's mm-hmm. watch the movie I don't need to read these giant huge books that I'm gonna hate yeah and she's like nope you gotta read the book so I read the book and then I watched book movie one and then I at some point I caught up because the movies were not allowed at that time but um yeah. it was like this it was just me my unborn child and 
Harry Potter. And I remember holding a Harry Potter book and it rested on my stomach and my kid, I was holding it with one hand and my child kicked from inside my stomach and the book flew off my stomach. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it's meant to be. So it was just a transition <laughs> time. Awesome. And I just, I did the same thing. I went from like, I refused to watch this to like, Oh my God, we have to go at midnight to watch the movie because I was so excited. But now I have a rule that no matter what, even if I know I'm going to hate it, I have to read it. So at least I can make fun of it knowing all the facts or yeah. maybe I'll like it. Who knows? Yeah. So maybe it yeah. really is. So one of my favorite philosophers, his name is Alden um, Dave Botton. He's a modern day philosopher. And one of his best quotes is most of what makes a book good is that we are reading it at the right moment for us. And that's true. Obviously, I wasn't ready for Harry Potter, and then I needed Harry Potter. Um, right. And then when I was a little, when I was a teenage girl, I needed Little Women. I needed Joe. Um, and in 1984, it sparked uh, a fascination with how things work. And then for you, with the transition of being a mom, which is a big transition, um, and then the different. So it really, it just comes into the right book. The most impactful book gets into your hands when you need it the most. And no matter time. what your yeah. story is, and no matter what your story is, your impactful book says a lot about you. It says a lot about your worldview, about what you care about most. And I think it's something that we should all be proud of and we should talk about because I think just remembering why these were impactful books made me realize like how much of a journey I've been on just from reading. Crazy. Well, yep. that's all the time we have, which is so sad. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But we, we talked a lot today. Um, I did. Um, so we need to uh, do our nerdy obsession of the week. And my nerdy obsession is tied to what I just said about the impactful. The Little Women trailer is out. It's so Emma, good. I'm going to share this with Emma you because I did see this. It's so good. Saoirse Ronan. It looks so good. I am so ready for a new take on Little Women, and I'm all for it. So I'm going to be there. And it looks good. It looks like it's well made so far. Like, from what we can tell, it looks like it's well made. For sure. Definitely. How about you? What is your nerdy thing? Um, My nerdy thing. I'm kind of obsessed. This kind of goes with last week's topic. Uh, I'm kind of obsessed right now, and I'm really upset, and I've been, like, reading all the articles about the whole Sony Disney upset with Spider-Man. That's my nerdy. I can't get it out of my head. Like, I talk to everyone. I'm like, did you hear? And uh, yes. so that, I would have that to right now is my obsession. They need to work sense. out their issues and stop being right. money hungry. Like, work out your stuff Please. and let's do Spider-Man because the right way. You already created something. You need to finish it. Just saying. Anyway. Right. Um, yeah. That is all the time we have. Follow us on Twitter at TalkNerdy underscore radio. Go to nerdprobs.com. Join the chapter, the Facebook group. Get ready for the September book. Vote and make a decision and be a part of it. Um, and we will be back on Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific time, um, 10 Eastern time to talk about my favorite thing, the worst song you could ever possibly think of musically. Oh, there's, so many. Can, there's so many bad songs. We're going to do it. Have a great rest great. of your week and see you on Monday. Bye. Yeah. Bye.